Okay, you want to guess? <laughs> literally, listen to what he's saying. I literally don't know what they're saying. Really? Think of, think of today's topic at hand. Mm, not going to go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're going to go there, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. Um, is this another week of you not getting it? This is another week, man. man. It's 0 for 27 now. <laughs> Literally 0 for 27. I'm going to play a classic <laughs> one of these days just so you actually end up getting it and feel There's, good. I don't know classics. I didn't, I wasn't in this country when classics happened. That's true. Some of the biggest songs I've played, you're just like, I don't know it. Yeah, man. Very because I just wasn't here. I missed it. Okay, this song is called Anxiety oh, man. by Angels and Airwaves. Damn. I told you, man, on topic. Like, easy hint. You knew what we were doing. Yeah. Damn. I, I don't know if we've actually played them before, maybe. No, but they're huge. I know they're huge. They are huge. From. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. They are huge from. Um, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay, guys. Today is a very special episode. Oh. And uh, the reason why is because we are actually talking about anxiety and like a little bit more in depth than what we would usually cover. I think Amar and I usually cover our own mm -hmm. ideas of how to deal with situations. But uh, I do want to say before we get into this that there is sort of a, a trigger warning here that has to be mentioned. And... We will be talking about anxiety and, I guess, situations surrounding that. Maybe depression, other things like that. Um, so this is just a full heads up because there might be some details and some of that stuff. I know I'll be sharing some of that. So just a heads up. It will end positively. I promise you, okay? Now, we do have a special guest today. Oh, I cannot Ooh. wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm excited because um, it's, it's someone that matches my brain. Mm. A little bit. And I'm going to explain this, okay? We have um, photographer, dancer, singer, songwriter, oh. social media guru, and shop yes. owner, Kayla Leon. Leon. <laughs> Leon. Hello. Leon. What's up? How's it going? It's going really well. How What's, are you guys? Good. Was that a good introduction? That was a incredible introduction. All the hyphens. Yeah. Did, Amazing. <laughs> did we miss anything? No, I've never felt more <laughs> special than in this moment. So thank Good. you. Um, how was your weekend? It was pretty relaxing. Did a little bit of work, did a little bit of play, saw some family. Oh, because you yeah. work on weekends, right? I do, but I took Sunday off, which was good. You did? I actually cleaned, so it wasn't that great. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Do you like cleaning? I, I, you know what? Honestly, I do. I love it. It's very refreshing. Yeah. And like kind of relaxing. And it's good for you, I've heard. Is it? Well, it's good for you like when you open the door and all of a sudden your whole house is clean. It's just so refreshing to go into a house like that, you know? Yeah. It's just hard because we have three pets and I feel like I'm vacuuming constantly. Dog hair? Holy. Unreal. What kind of pets? I have a golden retriever. So we're talking like hail bays. <sighs> okay. Of, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> of like golden retriever hair. I have a cat. I have a little Morky. It's hectic. What's a Morky? It's a Maltese Yorkie. <laughs> exactly. It's like Area 51. Yeah. What's a Morky? What's a Morky? Yeah, so hair everywhere, right? Everywhere. Do you have a Dyson? I do. Really? I invested. <laughs> they there are was, the best. Yeah, there was a sale and I had to jump on it. Mm. I got one for uh, my birthday last year. Nice. And I never felt more like an adult because I was like, my parents were like, okay, we want to get you a gift. What do you want? And I'm like, like a vacuum. I know. And I sent them the stats I and I was looking like, this has uh, suction power for 30 minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I watched like... 
10 hours of videos and I was like, wow, this is so good. <laughs> it's crazy. Like it makes you want to clean more. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Cause it's wireless. Yeah. The wireless oh, is amazing. Mine's definitely a wired one. Is Ooh. it? I didn't spring for the like fancy <laughs> new one. Oh, I'm oh, so sorry. <laughs> I wanted to bother with that. Like we have wireless Dysons. Mm, no, no, no we don't. Yeah, but you oh. two have unlimited suction. They're right. No. Okay. So first off, I want people to get to know sort of who you are, okay? Um, just so people can kind of uh, find similarities in maybe what we talk about and who you are as a person. So you you run a shop, mm-hmm. right? And then you do your, you do dance, you sing. I do a little bit of everything. Um, I used to be a dancer, grew up as a dancer, mm-hmm. did it competitively. And then kind of in my second year of university was when things kind of went a little bit awry and I had to step away from it because that was one of the main areas where I felt really, really anxious in, in the dance world. So I was like, I got to just take a minute and step away. Um, but now, yeah, I own a small business. Um, it's called Common People Shop. I'm just going to shamelessly plug it. Go ahead. Um, and it's just a small general store. We offer small maker goods, um, like cards and ceramics and great little things. We do pop-ups and events like open mics. Um, so that's kind of like the bulk of my time is spent doing that. And mm-hmm. then I've really been diving into more serious photography. And yeah, I like I like to sing on the side. That was a big part of my life and it's kind of gone away a little bit. So I want to bring that back. Um, but yeah, mostly just like managing a business and it's trying like a, to a jack of all figure huge, it man. out. Yeah, Like for someone to do all that, like... Usually it's enough to just run a business. Trying to balance it, all the, yeah. yeah. And then, it really helps to have a partner who does like the logistics stuff. Like I'm just the creative brain around it. And sometimes yeah. I feel really useless, but yeah, yeah, it definitely helps to have a partner. Did share. you always want to do the shop? Like was that something? No. It just kind of happened. It was more so for my partner. Like that was her dream. And I was like, why haven't you done this yet? And she just said like, no one's kind of wanted to come together with me and do this with me. And I was like, okay, well that's crap. Like let's, let's go, let's just make it happen. And we made it happen. But no, I think I'm still definitely trying to figure out like what it is that I want to do in I life. See. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't that the question though? The question. <laughs> Seriously. Every week we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're still right? trying to figure that out slowly. Wow. So this, I remember when I first heard that you were getting the shop, I was like crazy. I didn't know anybody yeah. like my age or close to my age that would do something like that. Yeah. Like I was thinking like convenience store and then I was just thinking like older people and I'm like, how is this going to look? Everyone thinks we own a 7-Eleven. When I say we have like a small general store, they're like, oh, like beef jerky. And I'm like, oh no. Yeah, leather beef jerky. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's definitely like, I don't realize that it's kind of a big thing Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, oh, whatever. It's my everyday. Yeah, like you have a shop. But then people are like, no, (laughs) you own a business. And I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. But we often do that, you know, like we take our biggest accomplishments and we minimize it in our head mm-hmm. so much that we're like, ah, it's not that much because you've gone through the process, right? You know what it's like now. Yeah. And on the outside, we're like, how, like you have a shop. Like I wouldn't even know how to start that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just kind of happened. So it is a big deal. That's awesome. Um, okay. I want to get into why you're on here. Okay. Right. Um, so a few weeks ago, there's actually two reasons. Uh, one of them you know, and one of them I don't think anyone knows. So this will be a confession. Wow, probably not even me. Oh could, no, you don't even know. It's a confession <laughs> oh from me. So the first one is a few weeks ago, I was on my couch. It was at night, and I was like watching Netflix or something. And I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw this picture come up of 
your friend's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it was a candid picture. It was uh, him looking to the side. I guess it was, was it with a disposable. Yeah, it was like on a random film camera. Yeah. yeah. And so I was kind of like, oh, this is interesting. Like a lot of people post these candid shots all the time. And I decided to read the caption. And the caption was so good. It was so good. And I actually was hoping that you would read the caption. Oh, boy. You don't have to. No, I can't. For sure. For sure. But it's so well done. And that in that moment, I was kind of like, it brought me chills. And I was like, oh, man. I had no idea. I had no idea your, I guess, relationship with anxiety was so similar to mine and so similar to other people. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I want you to read it. Okay. Play a little background music. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's so good, man. Okay, so the photo is a photo of my friend. So I just wrote Clément and Spritz in Florence. I took the shot at the end of a food tour that I had bailed on halfway through because I was having a panic attack. I'm no stranger to them, but they never get easier. I remember feeling so angry with myself for feeling as though I had no other option but to leave in the middle of the balsamic vinegar tasting. I love vinegar. Tang forever. But I left, completely defeated, cortisol running high, desperate for air and water and to find the answer as to why this was still happening to me. But then something different happened. I came back. I rejoined the group desperately feeling, oh, despite feeling incredibly embarrassed. And that was the bravest thing I did that day. It was proof that I'm louder than the voice of panic that occupies my mind, noise that Steph calls alternative facts. That's what anxiety is, really. Just a bunch of fake news that you convince yourself is true. And you are very persuasive. Fighting panic doesn't work, but taking a break, regrouping, and facing what made you feel so small can and often does. Take a break, regroup, and come back. Come back, because when you do, you may find your sweet friends waiting for you with BOGO spritz in the corner of a city belonging to a country that you love, and you'll start to soften. So good, man. It's so, so... I'm I'm still speechless. Isn't it good? Yeah. You know why I like it so much is it seems like your relationship with anxiety or panic attack, it has art in there. That sounds yeah. borderline like a poem. You had metaphors, you referenced things, um, and you use very descriptive wording. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people was, would have been like, I freaked like, the, the, the fuck out here, you know? Yeah. But you made a detailed thing. Is it scary to write something like that? It's not. And I think it's because I've always kind of gone back to writing when I'm in like a, a little bit of a darker place. Um I'm one of those people that like if I'm on cloud nine, like there's not much art coming out of me and I am a very creative person. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a tricky place to be because you obviously don't want to be in a in a dark place all the time. But sometimes I'm like the best stuff is coming from me. Oh my God, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a lot. It's that's tough. actually the commonality right there. <laughs> yeah. Because when we're good, it's like we don't seem to question ourselves. We don't yeah. question the inside. This is what's going on. So naturally, we're not going to come up with feelings or metaphors. Exactly. That is so interesting. So it's very therapeutic or? Yeah, I think for me, just like sitting with myself and kind of figuring out what it is I'm feeling, because it, it is a very vulnerable place to be to just sit and listen to mm-hmm. what's going on inside and allow yourself to bring those feelings up. So for me, it was just like, I need to get this out. I need to get it out on paper, out of my body. And, and I mean, it doesn't always come out that <laughs> eloquent, I guess. And I'll be straight up honest. I definitely sent it to Steph and was like, does this make sense? And she was like, yeah. And she's like, you know, add a little comma here, whatever, like yeah. fix it up grammatically. Yeah, yeah. But 
yeah, it it doesn't like freak me out to to write about it because I know so many people experience this, these types of mm-hmm. things, and sometimes just the way that I maybe phrase it is exactly how I experienced it. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, in a way. Yes. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with perfecting something, like even to send it to a few people. Yeah. Because the more, I guess, perspective, well, first off, you want it to be from your heart and your perspective. So you don't want too many opinions saying, well, you should change these references. Yeah. But I looked at that and that was enough. Like, I, I don't want to sound like an elitist or anything like that, but I often won't message people and, mm-hmm. and say, oh, this is whatever. I just, I take it in. And unfortunately, they'll never know how it affected me. Yeah. Um, but when I read that, I'm like, damn, because... I mean, I've been, I've dealt with some anxiety as of the past few months. And so when I read that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. Did you write that in the moment? No, no. This was like a month afterwards. A month afterwards. Yeah. And that wow. was a really tough day for me. And I just remember feel, like feeling totally defeated and like feeling really nuts and just like upset with myself that this was happening again and that I had to step away and that my partner felt like they had to come with me and not continue on the tour like that we had like a fight almost where I was like you stay yeah. and she's yeah. like I'm, I'm not gonna stay like I'm gonna <laughs> come with you and I was like this is ridiculous like just follow the tour so <laughs> and just to have to like sit outside I'm like this is a food tour like it's not a hard thing but for me it was such a hard thing wow. and I just had to step away so I'm glad that I gave myself a little space before talking about it again mm-hmm. just to like just to kind of settle with it and be like hey you weren't crazy like this was a real mm-hmm. thing you experienced all those feelings were valid and it's actually really important that you came back because not a lot of people will do that and it ta- it took me four years to be able to come back wow. during that kind of like really high intense emotional moment so it's so wild because so many people have similar uh, like the way you're explaining it, it's great. It's almost like you're talking about something that I've dealt with. That's mm-hmm. how anxiety I think works and why it resonates with so many people is because it's so similar in so many different people. Yeah. Um, cause I had a very, and it's another reason I had another, uh, not another, I had a, I guess a smaller panic attack, anxiety around food, similar thing. Um, I was in Ottawa and I was f- filming this series and, Every day around dinner time, I got this, this anxiety and it happened at the table and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go use the bathroom. And I had no idea how to approach this because my heart was pumping exactly what you wrote in that caption. And it's very hard to sit with that. You have to, you have to gather everything. People are trying to talk to you and you're not listening. You're, you're, you're reasoning with yourself saying, calm down, calm down. And they're just like, ha, ah, so that was a great day. And you're just like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> exactly. But meanwhile, you're like, I have no idea what you're saying. Like, I'm not listening. So I went outside and at the time, like I wasn't very open about it. So I ended up calling my mom and even that sounds a little elementary in a way. Like oh, I had to call my mom. But when you don't have anybody to talk to, it's in that moment, you're like, oh, man, I need someone to chat yeah. with. Because if, if you keep that in, yeah, oh my God, it's like, it's almost like a, a bouncy ball. It's like bouncing around. It's like, just let me out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I ended up calling my mom and I'm like, look, this is what's happening. And she, she talks me down. I was like, it's fine, man. Like, just, just relax and blah, blah, blah. I went in and then I had a, a good night as well, you know, but it's panic attacks happen at the most bizarre times. Ugh. Like, was there yeah. anything for that example? Mm-hmm. Was there anything that triggered it? Um, I think for me, a couple things like the heat was so bad that day. It was like 40 degrees and I was just like, oh God. And I don't do well with extreme temperatures. So I was already like Amen. very, very hot and just feeling really stuffy. And then we were in their exact St. Lawrence market. So it was like a marketplace with multiple vendors. 
but there was no, there were no fans. There was no AC. It was so crammed. Like there were so many people, all these, mm-hmm. like, they're like, eat this tortellini. And I was like, oh, I'm so stressed. Like, yeah. So it was just like so much stimulus, I think. And then the heat was getting really, really bad. Um, so I think those were the two things that started kind of freaking me out. And the fact that I was there with two friends, even though like they're my best friends for years and they, they know this about me, but I was like getting really embarrassed in my head and that kind of further made it worse. So I think those were kind of the, the first triggers. So when you, when you left, they knew. Oh yeah. My sweet friend Glennis like handed me her fan. She was like, just fan yourself. It's okay. And I looked at her and I was like, I got, I got to go, man. And she was like, that's okay. Like we'll meet up with you later. And it was very chill. And it was just like this so mutual nice. understanding of like, you got to do so you. That's so important. Yeah. I feel like, cause a lot of times people like, from what I've heard is like, you know, if you say to someone, oh no, no, it's, it's all good. Like you don't have to come out. You know, like, like mm-hmm. your friend said that, right? It, it's all good. It's chill, you know? Yeah. And there's one way to make it chill where, you know, yes, do you just do your own thing. And there's another way of like, yeah, yeah go on and we'll just do our own thing. And then, you know, we'll keep going out. And sometimes you're in your own head, like. Yeah, Damn, I have no one now, you know? Well, I think the last thing so you want... There's two ways to approach that. I, I think the last thing you want is the whole group to kind of change for you and yeah. have you yes. stay there, you know? It's like, no, keep the group the same. Keep doing your dynamics. I'm just going to leave regroup yeah. with myself and then I'll come back and join you guys. That's so true. You yeah. know, it, it mu- I say it must be nice, but it's totally attainable as a guy for it to happen too. Like, for your friend to say, you know, it's totally cool. Just go to your thing and come back. I, I don't know if that's a a gender thing but i know as a guy i've i've don't had haven't had many people say yeah man go do your thing it's always like mm. what's going on i don't know that it's a gender thing i think it's just more people who have maybe not experienced anxiety or who don't know of someone's experience with anxiety can get kind of weird about it like i had an ex-boyfriend at the time excuse me who it was like the initial year of me kind of going through anxiety and stuff. And he just did not get it and was like very unsupportive, but just because he didn't understand it. So I can't resent him for that. I can't be upset about it, but he just like, he just didn't know. Right. So I think maybe that's part of the experience that you're having is that like people just don't know what you're going through and maybe are like, why is he freaking out? Like everything's totally fine, but that's to them. Right. Oh, hundred percent. And a part of it is because I don't, I'll open up post yeah. Post anxiety, post panic attack, whatever. Yeah. But during, it's like the last thing I want to do because I, I don't want to get emotional in front of my friends, especially irrationally emotional. And I know that people poke too much when I'm having a panic attack. And and I haven't had a ton of panic attacks, but in, during a moment of anxiety, if you poke too much, it's like emotion's going to come up. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I have so little control over, over like, don't ask me how I'm doing right now. Like, I'm, I, I, it just makes me emotional. And I guess that's why I keep it in and I'm like no nah, I don't want to let this out and, mm-hmm. and cause a story that we talk about for like months later you know yeah, yeah that's tough because part of it is like is that just what you're thinking is going to happen right 100%. and it's not actually going to happen so 100%. yeah that those are some things that therapy taught me which yeah. is great <laughs> would recommend but yeah it's it's really hard in the moment because like you're not thinking rationally you're in that flight or fight and you're mm-hmm. just like all I want to do is jump out of my own skin and get out of here. So yeah, it's tough to make. Yeah. There's a lot of times people explain, I guess, anxiety. An easier way is to think of like, it's similar to fears. It's not fears. It's not like facing your fears or anything, but it's a lot similar to those things where it's like, you know, we're all okay with approaching that. You know, if I see a spider, some of us are going to get scared. Irrationally, it's probably not going to sting you. If you see it, nothing is, 
nothing bad's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that fight or flight mode, it, it's there's no option for opening up. You know, in fight or flight, there's no option. Uh, for, I think like, uh, reality isn't there. Or, yeah, or logic. exactly. Yeah, so it's that irrational fear and that excessive fear, right? That I hear also transcends into uh, anxiety of just sometimes you just get excessively and irrationally scared of something that, and sometimes it could be rational. You know, we're all kind of scared of, you know, uh, like speaking public, right? But to be excessively scared or to think that we have to speak in public or things like that. So mm-hmm. it's like that irrational, excessive fear. Um, but that's what makes up a lot of anxiety is exactly irrational, unjustified. Like, why am I even scared of this? You know, like one of mine is vomiting on a red carpet. So specific. So it's very specific. But Damn. it all happened when um, I was doing a red carpet and I started feeling a little queasy before. And that's where your brain feasts. It's like, oh, oh yeah. man, you're... You're a little queasy, eh? Yeah, like, here's a situation. Yeah, yeah. How bad would it be if you were like talking into the mic and you like threw up? Oh my God, you'd be all over the internet and you, no one would ever let this down. And it kind of grew and grew. Mm-hmm. And then I sat with it when I wasn't anxious. I'm like, wow, man, like what a creative, stupid story. That's what it is. It's stories. It is. You're just yeah. telling yourself really creative stories. Yeah. But when, when you're in that zone and like someone's like, hey, how do you feel right now? It's like, if there's a snake on me, dude, don't ask me how I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let me deal with it. That's not normal. So like, it's hard to also like when you're in that state to, for someone to be like, hey, are you okay? Or like they poke too much and like your bucket's just filling up and you're like, yeah, at some point, like you said, emotion's going to have to come. Mm-hmm. When was um your first, like, when did you realize you had anxiety or what was the first experience like? Okay. So I'll tell you about my first panic attack, but mm. I also realized that. I think I've I've dealt with anxiety my whole life. And as a kid, I had this like very nervous cough. And my parents took me to like every asthma specialist. I was on all the pills in the world, but I never like had asthma. They were just like, we don't really know what's wrong with her. So like, we'll put her on prednisone and like steroids, which is really bad. Um, but it's fully just like an anxiety thing. And it's like almost like a tick that I have. And I still like sometimes to this day still have it. So I think it's always been like an underlying thing. And it also kind of runs in the family. Like I have a very Italian family. The nonnas are all like riddled with anxiety. And that just like kind of gets passed along. Mm -hmm. So I guess forever. But the first time I had like my first panic attack, I was also in Ottawa. So when you said that, I was like, oh, no. Ottawa, man, you're losing points here. Seriously, city of anxiety. (laughs) So I was in school there. I was at the University of Ottawa. It was in my second year. I had just had the best first year of my life. It was amazing. So second year comes around. At that time, my boyfriend that I was seeing moved back to Italy because he was from Italy. It was a very fancy situation. Wow. Um, and so I think part of that was me just being like, oh my God, he's like gone and I just have to do me, I guess, which was very different than the first year. So I was meeting my uncle for dinner at like Lone Star. Texas so girl. random. Classy. <laughs> I know. And I was on the phone with my mom just chatting and all of a sudden I was crossing the street to get to the Lone Star And my heart just started palpitating, I guess is the word. And it was just going crazy. And I remember being on the phone being like, oh my God, uh, my heart, mom, my heart, my heart. And she was like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want to hang up? I can call the ambulance. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Like I was freaking out. It was such an experience I'd never felt where like it actually felt like it was out of my body. And I was like, oh, I'm going to drop dead right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think like she was saying stuff to me. And like you said, you're, you're not hearing these people. Like you're just like trying to experience what's going on so I think I hung up 
which wasn't ideal. And I just hung up and I hit the back of the wall, like at the restaurant and just like slid to the ground just to like get grounded. And I was like, oh man, like this is not good. I don't know what I just experienced. That was really scary. Like I for sure have a heart problem. So I went into the restaurant. I like slid into the booth and I was like, you got to take me to the clinic like right now. And he was just like having his chips and dip. And he was like, okay, all right. <laughs> so my <laughs> uncle, like, <laughs> that's a Lone Star experience. Right? Right there. He was like, walk, this is not <laughs> what I wanted. So he took me to the student clinic, whatever. And I remember just sitting there like freaking out. And also that day earlier was the first time I took a cold effects in my life because I was like getting sick. So I was like, oh my God, it was like the cold effects. Mm. Like I'm having this like reaction to it, whatever. Um, and so I saw the doctor there. I don't even remember what I said. I don't even know if they told me it was anxiety. They were just like, yeah, no, you're fine. Like, I don't know, whatever it was, but like, you're okay. Don't worry about it. Um, wow. and so like nothing really came of that. I just like the dinner ended and I went home and I was like, I just need to go to bed. Um, so yeah, that was kind of it. I think like it's kind of all blacked out. Well, yeah. that's the worst thing is, um, when you, try to get a diagnosis oh, yeah. and like nothing's wrong. And you're like, what I felt was so real. And it is so real. Right? real. Um, and you're trying to explain it. And there's like, when tests came back, your heart is fine. Everything. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell yeah. is that? Yeah. You and know, they're like they say something stupid, like, hey, yeah, it's just in your head. I know, bro. Yeah. That's literally yeah. What how do I get you. out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's very similar. Like there's gotta be an algorithm or something with anxiety because we will have something new happen and we'll pinpoint Kind of like what you said with the cold effects. It yeah. was that. Yeah. That's what caused it. For me, I was in college and I had to call an ambulance. Yeah. Because randomly, I don't, I don't know if I was ruminating in my head, but my heart started beating. I started getting like shaky legs and my hands were going all tingly and short of breath. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack or mm-hmm. whatever. And the girl I was seeing at the time, the poor thing, like she was like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't know. Like I was dealing with my own self. I'm going to just call, like, call an ambulance. Ambulance comes, and I get in there, and I think the the uh, paramedic knew right away because she, she was very rude once she found out. Ugh, she was like, what's terrible. wrong? And I'm like, oh, I'm... And she's like... Like, it's almost like she wanted, yeah, like, yeah. a yeah. big rescue, you know? And I was just sitting there just like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out, man. Like, yeah. my heart... So I went to the hospital, and uh, same thing. Everything's fine. And I'm like, man... And that was where... Uh, things came crashing down for me was was that moment because mm-hmm. that's that's when I realized what the hell anxiety was and then in hindsight you're like oh my god I've had this my whole life yeah like sixth grade there was a, a, a camp trip to Camp Wanakita uh, up north and I remember it was such a big hurdle for me to get over and I'm like why my friends are so chill and I'm, I'm rooming with my friends but why can't I deal with the fact of being on my own or or being away from home yeah. It was more intense than homesickness, you know? And so then I, I realized that and, you know, my experience now is totally different than what it was then, you know? Yeah, it's almost like when you get older, you have more reason in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then in these very rational situations, then you just become really, really creative. So it almost gets amplified and gets so much worse because you're like, I have these crazy thoughts now that I didn't have when I was whatever, yeah. six, right? So, but yeah. It, is so how is your relationship now with anxiety from when it, that first day at, that it happened? Well, I'm definitely never going to a Lone Star again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like you said, like that was just like where it all went downhill from there. So that year 
it just got so bad, man. And it got mm. to the point where like my hypochondria, which is like where you have, you make up all these medical ailments and yeah. you believe that you have them just got out of control. Like I was convinced I was pregnant when like there was absolutely no way that I could have been pregnant. I started seeing like green pea parking signs and I'd be like, oh my God, it's a sign. Like I'm for sure. Like I was oh, fully, oh, I went Oh my off. God, no, I get it, I get yeah. it. Yeah. And so, and then from there I was like, oh my God, like this mole on my chest. And it was always when a family member came to visit, I was like, we gotta go to the clinic. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, we just wanna go to Lone Star. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're like, man, we came to Ottawa. Like, let's get a beaver tail. And I was like, no. So, <laughs> so it just got like so, so, so bad. And then I remember one day I was back at this clinic where I was like, I for sure, my appendix or whatever is gonna burst. Like I'm in so much pain. But it wasn't like pain. It was just like anxiety holding pain mm -hmm. type thing. Mm -hmm. And I just lost it. I broke down, was sobbing. And the woman was like, I think we got to get you in to like talk to someone. Like, do you think you want some help? And I was just like, yes, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. So that was great. Like that someone had finally recognized that mm -hmm. this was more of a mental health issue yeah. and that we got to get me in the room with the right people and not just doctors. Right. So I ended up. It was honestly kind of weird because I was already at a place where I was not well. And I had reached out to my parents and I was like, you guys, like, I need to come home and I need to get help. And neither of them helped. <laughs> like, wow. my dad was kind of off the map. He's kind of a lost cause. And my mom was like, no, 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 you're fine. You should stay and you should actually do an internship this summer. Like, why don't you do an internship? Take on more. more. Take <laughs> on more. And I was, I remember just being like, what? Like, am I like not displaying the crisis that I'm in? So I stayed and did an internship for a couple months. And then it was halfway through this internship. I had my like monthly review or whatever. And the girl was like, you know, you're doing a great job, but everyone just wishes that you were a little happier. Oh, and she's like, like, God. what's going on? And I just like lost it. And I was like, I really need help. Like, I don't know what's going on. I need to go home. And she was like, whoa, okay. Like, go to the doctor, get your like yeah. letter, come here. We're going to, you're done with this. Like go home, go get the help. So then I finally came home and like got some help. But I guess my experience from there to now, it's been like, it was like a four year period. And now it's probably been like six years. And I definitely have some of the tools to be able to cope with it. And it's less of a crisis, I would say. Like when mm -hmm. I'm in the moment, obviously it yeah. feels like the end of the world and and like I'm going through this stuff again, but I also have the tools and I have enough knowledge to be like, you know what, this is gonna pass. Physically, your body cannot panic for more than 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So just know that after the 20 minute mark, you're gonna, you're gonna settle down a little bit. Like know that you're not gonna die. Like things yeah. like that, where I can kind of like bring myself down a little bit, yeah. help. But it's you. still just as scary in the moment, yeah, you know? 100%. But I do have the tools, which is good. That's what I find is so outstanding about you is like that you have so many tools. Like just, you know, talking about your friends, saying, you know, being able mm -hmm. to freely say that. Uh, just, yeah, go do your own thing. You know, like having that is huge. And uh, having the awareness of different things, whether it's a 20-minute mark or uh, awareness of, you know, your feelings and everything. I think those are huge uh tools but like how did you get those tools I guess how yeah so lots of years of therapy so when I finally came back home went to the doctor and when I say I got help I went to my family doctor and was like I brought two intake forms one was for CAMH mm -hmm. which is the I don't even know what it stands for oh my god uh, Canadian Association of Mental Health yeah. I yeah. believe yes amazing so one was for CAMH the other one was for St. Joe's Hospital which is just right around the corner here um, and I was like I need you to fill these out 
and I need to go to one of these. I need to go to one of these and do one of the programs. And she was like, cool, no problem. And at, and she also put me on medication. And I remember the first night I took meds. Um, one of them was specifically for anxiety. I just felt my body like really calm down. I was like, okay, we're going to be able to get through this in a way that I'm not like freaking out all the time. So I ended up doing the program at St. Joe's. It was like an outpatient program. So I wasn't an inpatient there, obviously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, great. good. We're all on the same page. Um, so I would go once a week. I met with a psychiatrist there and he was kind of the one who was like in charge of my meds. And then I also met with a uh, therapist who specialized in cognitive behavior, behavioral therapy. So it was very like situation based. So she would, I, I don't even remember, it's been a while, but she would draw this triangle and be like, what's the situation? What's the trigger? And like, some reactions to it whatever um so those really taught me the tools for example like I'd get really really anxious in restaurants and just having to sit down in a restaurant felt very trapped so that kind of cognitive behavioral therapy to be like okay like what am I in control of what's the worst that can happen here to kind of bring myself down those were really great and then it was just like honestly getting older like as years went by going through different routes of therapy learning different tools as things would come up in my life mm -hmm. and dealing with those situations with the tools that therapy would provide brought me like more tools, if that makes sense. Cause I'd be like, okay, we're growing through this. And now I understand how to use that in this situation, which I wouldn't have known three years ago kind of thing. So, well, I think, you know, when we first realized we have anxiety, it's, it's like we've hit rock bottom. Yeah. So at that point, everything will help you. I, I oh, like, totally. You know, Cause your, your mind just feasts on that moment of like, oh man, he has no idea or she has no idea what's going on. Let's give him weaky knees and uh, short of breath, Ugh. you know, and all this. And then exactly what you said, like as years go on, um, you go through experiences of anxiety and you're kind of like, okay, watch this. And in two seconds, my breath, there it goes. Yeah. Oh you know? yes. And you kind of make this mental roadmap where you're like, I now know. And when you play that's that, that's amazing. script so enough, true. you're, you're kind of like, okay, I'm not as weak to it. You know, yeah. I love that. The only thing is like when you're the frustration for me is what what still gets me. Mm -hmm. I've my relationship with anxiety is a thousand times better than and, and it, I agree it's through therapy. It's through getting older and just experiencing it. But it's when I have anxiety, I get travel anxiety. Oh, so when see? I when I'm in a new place for maybe the first 24 hours, I'll just kind of be like, you know, I don't know where the nearest hospital is, you know, just hypochondriac kind of stuff. Yeah. And um a part of me is still like, I don't, I'm not a big cottage guy and, and it's only be, and a, very, you seem very cottagey. Yeah. I, yeah this is where you're <laughs> really shocking. <laughs> Backwards. Hat, you know, I, hat. I never, I never grew up with a cottage for one, but I think being in the middle of nowhere is still a little daunting to me. I'll still go to cottages, whatever, but in my mind, there's exercises going on. It's like, it's totally fine, man. Just relax. Like, you're not going to lose your leg to an alligator or something stupid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Northern Ontario, yeah. yeah. No, it's true. It's just, yeah, like, that's their rationality. will not. Yeah. <laughs> It'll never happen. Uh, but it's just being so secluded. For some people, they dream of that. I just got to get out of the city in the middle of nowhere. And to me, I'm like, no way. Yeah. That's not for me. But it's it's when I have anxiety, it's a frustration of, I thought we were over this. Like, mm -hmm. it's back. And I had to kick that. Because if I keep going back to that level of frustration and disappointment that it's still there, I'm going to be disappointed every time it comes back. I have to accept that I have anxiety and, and use it for uh, the best way I possibly can. Which brings me into this question, okay? And I, people have asked me this. 
Mm-hmm. If let's say a genie were to come in here and say, hey, we will get rid of your anxiety and everything that goes along with it. Would you want it to be gone? Oh, that's tough. Um, that's really hard because right away, obviously you want to be like, uh, hell yeah, yeah. I don't ever want to experience that again. But at the same time, all those experiences have contributed to who I am now. All those experiences have made me much stronger and oddly have made me really good in crisis situations Mm. that like aren't personal to me. I can be very, very calm and level headed because I know my way through it. Um, But I would say like if a genie came and said they could take away all the physical attributes that come with anxiety, absolutely 10 out of 10 be gone. (laughs) I like the shortness of breath, the shakiness, those kinds of the dizziness, the dissociation, they're just not fun. I don't really know a way to see like a positive from yeah. that. Yeah, no one point. enjoys that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely say yes to that, but at the same time, like no, because I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you mm-hmm. and know that so many other people experience this as well. And yeah, so like a little bit of yes, a little bit That's of no. That's a good way to answer it. I think most people I ask that have anxiety all say no, they wouldn't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Never like the split answer where they're like, get rid of the physical. Because that actually, yeah. <laughs> you beat the question. Because yeah, yeah, well uh, yes. like, I agree with that. The, the the physical stuff doesn't affect me as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, I could work myself in there to like make it happen. Mm-hmm. But um, it's the same thing. It gives you a, an emotional thermometer with people because you've experienced such intense highs and lows, right? And I think it prevents you from being neutral and yeah. sort of, a mundane personality. Not that that's bad, but some people can go through life not really super happy, not really super down. It's just everything is just is. And I think a lot of people that are anxious can also be emotional and we feel really happy when things are great. Mm -hmm. But then we also feel, oh man, we feel the effects of being really down. But then the art comes out. But then, exactly. (laughs) That that sweet spot. Yeah. It's tough because I was doing art when I was kind of in a down spot and I was like, how am I ever going to monetize this? <laughs> it's so like <laughs> depressing. And I know there's a market for that, but it's it's kind of self-deprecating. It's it's not the most pleasant stuff, even though it might be thought-provoking. That I was like, okay, I got to try to make some happy art. And I did happy art. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah. It's not the same. I can't do it. I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm just not there, you know? But yeah, if you can tap into that zone of that creativity, I guess Without it's like a superpower. The, right? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, okay, and then this... Back to the second reason why I wanted you on here today. Um, so you are the first person in my life that I've ever seen um, own up to their anxiety in a public space. Wow. And nobody knows this, by the way. This is something I, when it happened, kept it inside. I didn't see you very often. And we never had those conversations. And so we were, we were at someone's birthday um, at a restaurant and everyone was sort of getting drinks or whatever. And you didn't. And I was sitting across and I, I don't know if it was me or someone said like, hey, why didn't you get a drink or something? You're just like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I just, I'm just, I just need a minute. Oh my gosh. When was this? Why do I have no recollection of this? But that is so thug to just yeah, say just it like that. Like, it's nah. perfect. That's what I mean. It was such a big deal to me because I'm telling you the rest of that night and, and for a while after I'm like, she owned it so well. Yeah. Like so well. <laughs> that, like that is the hardest thing for me to do is to in public say, you know, guys, you just need a minute. Just And I didn't question whether or not you were like a basket case. I'm like, oh, cool. Like mm-hmm. she, she's, she needs oh, a minute. Really interesting. That. Yeah. You know, I've always been 
a complete open book. And I know that that's different for so many people. And for so many reasons, I think I'm just like a massive extrovert and I've never, ever, ever had a problem just saying what's going on. And sometimes I can make people uncomfortable, but I'm like, if I'm experiencing this and there's a billion people on this planet, chances are someone else is experiencing this as well. So why don't we talk about it? If we can talk about how stoked we are and you know, we want to both get drinks. Like, why can't I talk about why I don't want to get drinks? Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, it's just it's just like a non-thought yeah. to just talk about it. So it, it wasn't... Like, this is what's crazy. Not not crazy. Like, you obviously have no recollection. Yeah, clearly. I'm like, when? Whose birthday? <laughs> what? And, and for me, it was a moment that I wouldn't forget because yeah. uh, with someone that has dealt with anxiety, to never see anybody in my circle say, hey, I'm feeling a little anxious right now. Can you give me... I was like... What the hell was My that? jaw would drop yeah. and off. Well, no, because therapists will tell you to do that. Yeah. But I can never do that. That's so wild. And so when I saw yeah. when I saw it put into action in like the environment of my life, I was like, oh my God, like she just did it. Damn. Did, you, did everyone else see that? And then everyone was like, I'll get like a pint of this. I'm like, guys, <laughs> oh my gosh. Are we not talking about the fact? <laughs> <laughs> just because it's so difficult for, for me to this day yeah. to still do that, especially in the moment. Mm-hmm. that I can't like did you did you just do it one day yeah I th- I think always I think if like I wasn't feeling great I would just bring it up because that was my truth and my reality and then why wow. would I speak to something different mm-hmm. but I, it must be different for you because you have a very public facing life and if you're like in a very public situation that maybe would be a little bit different for me well yeah it is there is difference there like there's a lot of times where I still have to put on this Danocracy character. Yeah. Um, because if I stop, everything in my life stops. Yeah. And I've dealt with that. And like, I could look back at videos and just go, oh man, like you weren't okay. Mm-hmm. And I could see you not okay through me knowing you, you know? And it is different because when I do art, people are like, oh, what's wrong? Like, whoa. You know, like they get weirded out because really? they expect this two-dimensional character of, what's up, guys? Oh, my God. And, and happy mm. and sort of shallow-minded. And yeah. That when I think on a deeper level or if I'm feeling down, there isn't much room or there may be more room than I'm giving credit for, but I feel like there's not as much room for me to express yeah. that, um, especially in public with my friends where a lot of people will view me as, the silly guy or like everything's just yeah, happy go lucky tough. that it's like it, it, it weirds them out and I feel bad for weirding them out. So have you ever had a conversation with your friends to be like, Hey guys, this has been my experience. Um, yeah. Only, like maybe two of them. Oh yeah. And what was their reaction? It, it's always better. You know, these are projections that I, I make in my head. I think, I don't know you guys, but people make these projections and assume, and, but I, I go so deep in these assumptions that, I don't even test it. And so, yeah, I had, um, I guess two friends in a time where I was like going for a bike ride with one of them. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm just like not good. I'm not good because I just, I don't really, I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to not really like who I am. And that's messed up because I created this Danocracy character of an elevated version of me when I was 21. Mm -hmm. And now I'm 27 and I'm still, I haven't been able to change that character. Right. And, but on the, back into things I'm like I've changed so much and it's hard to dip into this and you know my life just isn't going the way as I planned it right now um so it it is difficult to find people that I could trust but that's why I I see a therapist because it's very helpful to me um 
even this podcast sometimes helps. You know? Yeah, this has been really yeah. nice. It's it's good. I, I hear it's a common struggle of like you get, you know, you have your own thoughts in your head and it's such a like a, I don't know, like a playground of negative thought maybe in your own head of like, of, you know, all these thoughts that I have that I wouldn't even dare to try to put that on my friend because you almost feel like you feel bad for unloading that on your friend. However, the the reality of it is that your friend is probably going to make you feel better. Your friend actually wants to have this knowledge that you are going through this type of stuff. But we sometimes feel, feel insecure and I'm sure with anxiety, it's, you know, an extreme case of it. It's like you feel like you don't want to unload this on the other person, mm-hmm. even though it might be the best tool that you have. But also, I think through therapy, at least for myself, you learn that someone else is so like, yeah, you feeling like you don't want to unload onto your friend because you don't want to be a burden onto them. Yeah. It's actually your friend's responsibility to let you know if it's too much. Yeah. And like you you don't need to True. be responsible for yeah. how they're feeling towards that, right? Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that in like a selfish way, but it's just to know, to kind of take that piece away so that you don't feel like it's all on you and you don't want to be a burden because like of you, course. You're, you're responsible for you, right? And if you have a friendship, you'd want to be able to talk to them. Yeah. And if it's too much for them, hopefully they'll tell you. And that's the thing, yeah, we have to, like, let's say, you know, you were to open up to me. It's my, also my responsibility to say, uh, to draw that boundary of saying, yeah. like, hey, you know, maybe this is the boundary, you know, but I'm still here for you. This is not, but like, you know. Yeah. I think through past experience, too, it's the thing that is also a fear is that they're just going to be like, ah, don't worry, just kind of shake it off. And yeah. you're kind of like, man, I really want to talk right now. <laughs> and yeah, that's happened multiple times, which is why I think I'm very withdrawn with being, I'm very public about it in a one way, like I'll talk and no response. Like I'll mm. talk on YouTube. I'll talk on a podcast, but it's because I control as selfish as it might seem. I control when I'm done with the conversation. Yeah. Whereas your friends, you know, they might just be like, eh, you know, it's okay. Just shake it off. You know, we'll have a good time tonight. You won't even remember. And you're just like, that's not helping. You know, yeah. I still feel Yeah. Like that's tough. Cause then in that case, you're just like, Hey, maybe this isn't the friend to talk to about this mm. and that's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just yeah, talk to yeah, someone else. Exactly. You find someone else. Um, do you have any, untraditional tricks or tools that you do when you're feeling anxiety coming on um or or even anything that has helped you with your relationship with anxiety so for me i guess the first one and this will be like the backwards thing in therapy they'll always be like no never leave the situation but for me like i have to leave for a minute even if it's a minute 20 minutes I need to just get out of the environment and just like cool myself off, do a little breathing. I like to do grounding exercises. If I'm really in the thick of it, I'll be like, okay, uh, let's count how many yellow things we see. And I'm just like scanning the room, scanning, trying to find yellow. And then I'm like, okay, we're done with that. Let's do red. And that works. eh? Those are grounding. Yeah, it does work to a degree. Like it's not like makes it go away, but Mm -hmm. it does really help. Um, and then I go back into it and I try to go back as many times as possible to be like, this is okay. You're okay. We can do this. And every single time I'm like, well, I already went back once. Oh, I went back two times. And so those kinds of things kind of chill me out a little bit. Um, Do you meditate? You know, I had a big meditation phase. I was using that Headspace app. Yeah. And it was really great when I was commuting on the subway, especially in the winter. Like when you're on the subway with your coat on and then it gets so hot. Like that was like a major trigger for me. So that helped. But I'm just... I like have ADD. So like I ugh, I can't do it, yeah. man. <laughs> just can't do it. So 
I think like exercise is really great. I've been kind of bad with that lately and my anxiety has shown up more because of that. But Crazy. Yeah, it's a real it's thing. Just, it is a real thing. Man. Yeah, especially if you have something like ADD and you're like, you have all that pent up energy, you got to burn it off. Because if yeah. you're just sitting with yourself and you're working a desk job or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's just bubbling up inside of you and then you're going to blow, right? So, but I'm trying to think of like an unconventional is there something you do that's unconventional? Well, not really unconventional. Um, I've tried that grounding thing, yeah. you know, where you like sit and you're like, feel like, what are you smelling right now? Just to bring you yeah. back on earth. And it's a similar, similar relationship with meditation. I, my brain is just way too high active yeah. at that moment that I can't, I can't mm. focus. Right. Um, I was in search of something. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's gotta be something. And I tried meditating. Same thing. I was like scratching. I'm like, oh, I just can't, man. Yeah. Like, I'm too active. That I went on like Google. I searched up Google and there's always the same thing. Eat healthy, work out, meditate. It was like the three top, yeah. right? And I'm like, I hate cooking, no exercise. <laughs> like I'll bike, whatever. I just don't have time for that. And then um, meditation, I was like, okay, let's try it. So meditation, I wrote off. I'm like, no, no deal. Then I got kind of bored of my own story. Um, and I was kind of like, I got to do something. And like, this is... I'm sitting at home, just kind of sulking, like, my life isn't what I want it to be. Like, well, then take control. Like, instead of just sitting there waiting for the wheel of fortune to turn in your favor, do something. So I signed up for this this gym. And the first class, I'm like, oh, my God, crazy. Like, exercise is legit. <laughs> and I was like, maybe if I, if I eat healthy on top of that, that'll help too. And so now I've gone on a string of, like, I think I'm on day 33 uh, of this gym experience. And you've gone every day? Every single day. What? He's it's, been like the man on the hill of like, exercise work. I'm trying not to be. <laughs> but no, 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 no. It's like in, in the best way possible. But I'm only doing that because when you're in your brain and you're kind of beating yourself up and you're your own worst enemy, sometimes the cliches have some truth behind it. Who would have known? Who would have known? Because like for me, I'd be like, no, I'd rather watch Netflix. Or like, no, yeah. I'd rather eat this burger. But now I'm like, it's like a self-care thing. I got to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's been so liberating. It builds confidence. And I joke with my friends like, oh, yeah, I can't go out tonight. I got to go to the gym tomorrow morning. But on the inside, I'm like, man, you've grown so much. That's amazing. Strength wise. Yeah. So unconventional. Not really. Yeah. I think there's a reason these are the top ones because they seem to work. And I looked into the exercise one and they say with anxiety, when you start to feel it, your, your lungs start to kind of open to take more air. Mm-hmm. Um, your heart starts beating, your legs start to tense up. And it's all because back in like the barbarian days, it was when we were getting ready to fight or mm-hmm. run for your life. It was always that. And they said exercise deals with that energy because it's like you've charged up. And if you don't do anything with it, it's all just going to go to your head and you're just going to freak. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, start go to the gym and then get rid of it. And you're just like, oh. It's crazy. Wow. That's so good. Maybe I gotta I, do I love, that. I love when people like celebrate their wins on that. I always think it's it, it's like a hidden tactic that pe- more people should do of celebrating wins. And sometimes the, the gnarly thing is like we don't see our wins. Like the fact that mm-hmm. you yeah. at dinner with Dan unleashed a superpower and Dan was like, <laughs> what was that move? It, I, maybe it was <laughs> my know? bad for not, not saying it, you know, but... Like you and I have never had a conversation to no, this degree. Yeah. Ever, yeah. You know? Um, and just like, it's such a big win that she might have not realized. Yeah. Right? So even, yeah. In, even in just like positively talking about like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. Or, uh, you know, the times that you might, you might feel 
you know, uh, anxious and you're like, oh, I'm going to call out my brain on this one. My brain's going to do this now and it's going to do this. But like, you know, the moves that your yeah. mind like tries to pull yeah. and like you win against it. Mm-hmm. So 100%. Th- celebrating those wins is, is huge. And I don't know if that happens in the off time, if that happens. I don't know if that's a, a good tactic. No, I don't know how would you guys feel about it. You're that. right. It's, we tend to like bury our, like we said, our accomplishments or it's true. Or we don't tell people. Like, hey, I admire that you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, this was like two and a half years ago. Yeah, what? Isn't that crazy? Like two and a half That's years crazy. of like in passing and you never knew about this no. effect that you had on me, you know? It's kind of yeah. a crazy thing. But it's, anxiety is, is an, uh, an underground network of people that are, we all, like not all, but like a lot of us deal with it, but no one's like, hey, I deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Those so know. it takes moments for me, like that that Instagram thing for you to, to do that for me to then say to get the courage to say hey this is this is what happened two and a half years ago and you have no idea but now you do you know um yeah. actually there was one thing i do I, I make my anxiety an out of body character uh, i've tried this yeah i like it it oh my god it's changed everything i like anxiety doesn't affect me half as much anymore as it once did because now i i fused everything as dan roto is anxious dan roto is worrying and it's like if i just say no like steve or like water bottle mike you know <laughs> water bottle <laughs> the worst if it's too much don't do it but like how is this character in your head like it, describe it, this exactly it's like uh hey dan um you know what if the power goes out like these are very rational yeah. right but uh, hey dan um you know you're, you're kind of feeling a little sick what if you vomit you know like it's gonna be so embarrassing right like yeah. what's gonna happen it's always what if it's always like futuristic thinking um and once i started to deal with like look man like dan roto here like one in control i i you're right what if that wouldn't that be so bad but it's like not the end of the world if it happens so true um the spotlight i've realized isn't as big as we tend to make it seem especially in the online world where i'm getting comments on the daily about how i look how i laugh how i present myself it creates this metaphorical spotlight on top of me that I assume my immediate surrounding Toronto views me the same way when I go buy a bagel, mm-hmm. you know, it's this weird complex that grows. And then you realize, no, when I go by the bagel, no one's seen my YouTube. Like it's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like even when you're in that panic moment, you think everyone knows that you are just freaking yes. out and you, you're like, Oh, I look like a mess. Whereas like, even I would go up to my sister and be like, look, man, like I'm not doing so good right now. Like I'm just going to step out and she'd be like, oh, what? Like I had no idea. Or people would come up to me all the time and be like, I had no idea that you dealt with this. Yeah. Because you just I just had no idea. And yeah, so that's kind of something important to remind yourself of is that like yeah. it feels so much worse than it's showing. And yeah. that could be something that helps you kind of calm down. Just being like, okay, no one is really recognizing this. Well, we're, we're better at it than we think. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be kind of cool to see in a weird way to have someone film or like to see footage of you having a panic attack and just see like, you're like everyone just else normal. Yeah. Just on the subway. You, yeah. You're, you're holding. It's like, wait, who? The rail. you know, cause that's true. It, yeah. On your insides, everything is so hyperactive, moving, thinking, moving fast. Mm-hmm. But on the outside, if, if like for me, it takes every ounce of energy to it's just like contain, to yeah. contain it, yeah. you know, to feel like nothing's wrong. A question for you guys. Are, are there tactics, I guess, on friends um are there cool tricks for friends to do to help with people that i guess face anxiety because you know one thing that i always use and you might have felt in this podcast is just let the people dealing with it actually 
speak about it and talk about it and not try to put generalizations and this and this and that and try to treat it as a unique story and each person as a, a unique person. Is there any other tactics that really help that you found that your friends do? Um, I think for me, one of the things is like you were saying about reaching out to one of your friends who may, and you were like, the worst thing that could happen is them to be like, no, 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 it's totally fine. So it's maybe just not to shut down the person and not yeah. to, to, um, brush it what off. Is the word? Yeah. Brush it off Yeah, because yeah. it is such a real experience. So just to be there and be like, okay, all right. Like, this is what you're feeling. Do you want to talk about it? And just offer up the opportunity to, to talk about it or for them to give you more information and just leave it to the person who's experiencing it and just, yeah, not, not brush it off for Pretty sure is one. Yeah. Um, Dan got, yeah. got some. <laughs> I mean, I think I totally agree with that. Leave room for the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, do not give the advice of like snap out of it. I mean, as the stigma diminishes, or, like, breathe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> breathe. Like my Apple watch tells me to breathe like nine times a day. I'm yeah. like, relax. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's shut up <laughs> when people go into to therapy mode and they give the cliches of what Hollywood would say, breathe, oh, or, man. you know, just, just find something within. It's like, no, all I need, at least, it's different for everyone. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's kind of tr- tricky at the same yeah. time. Um, but yeah, leave room for them. Yeah. Or just like offer these blanket statements of like, how can I help? What do you need me to do? Things like that, that just let the other person really try to express how yeah. they could feel better. That's a huge one. Asking the person, how yeah. can I help? Oh mm-hmm. my God. Like, how can I best help you or something? Oh, but don't do it in like an alienated way. Like don't yeah, stare yeah, at them yeah. like, how can I help? And like watch them. <laughs> oh like they're like God. National Geographic. That is uncomfortable as hell. Yeah. yeah, tone, and that comes from intention. Like, if if your tone sucks, it's your intention probably sucks too. Mm-hmm. But, if I'm, like, but if I'm freaking how out, how can I help you? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Or like a better way to maybe approach that is just be like, "Hey, do you want to take a quick walk?" Yeah, or something like that. Just where like both of you can be removed from the situation, and then you're away, and they can talk to you if they want to. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very real. It's a very real uh, feeling, and it's a very realistic mentality, even though it may not be. Um, I think a lot of people just need to. Be sympathetic in those times. Mm. Like, okay, I exaggerated with the whole alligator thing at the cottage. It's not that, but more, more like, okay, I'm setting up a tent. I fall and I stab my arm, and then the mm. nearest hospital's forty minutes away. Yeah. That's not a concern for any cottage people, but for me, I mm-hmm. pose that. I'm like, aren't you guys like? There's no like helicopter pad or anything for me. Anyone, anything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's um, it's very real. Yeah. It's a very yeah. real thing for me. Of course, I would love to be a cottage guy, but it's like. Put me in the dead center of the city. That's where I'll thrive. Yeah. You have all the makings of a cottage man. You're literally wearing Hudson's Bay socks. Yeah, like, man. Like I, uh, I guess I like the style, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's a good style. That's why people think. Speaking of uh, in the city, I just want to like correct myself because I always BS. Um, KMH, Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And shout outs to them because they do a lot of good work in they Toronto. Do. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, thank you so much, Kayla, for doing this, thank by the way. Thank you guys for having me. I know this is a little bit of an interesting conversation, but it's going to help me, Amar, beautiful. and everyone that listens, I know they'll appreciate it. Where can people follow you, by the way? Um, at Kayla underscore Leon on Instagram. And you have an interesting way of spelling your name. Oh, yeah, you? K-A-E-L-A. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want the last part, too? <laughs> yeah. Underscore sure. L-E-O-N-E. There, there it is, guys. Kayla Leon. Follow her. Check out her stuff. Uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Awesome. We love you guys. See you later.